Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Max Impact here on the Mars Hill Network, where we look to make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Teddy Caputo, and joining me today in the studio is the other host of the program and producer of the program, Xander Deacons. And uh, if you were joining us last week, you heard at the very end of that episode, uh, Dion Sanders, his clip uh, about how the Lord makes an impact in his life and just how his faith plays a role in his life. And, you know, I wanted to segue the conversation on what we're talking about today from there because, you know, we see a lot of hype around this team, uh, Colorado, this year. Even though they have had some ups and downs, there's a lot of hype around them and excitement. And, you know, when we look at sports, uh, ways, especially football, there are some ways that uh, the teams get hype before the game. And one of those is music. So today we're actually going to be talking about uh, how music plays a role in a young Christian's life and just talk about the different kinds of music. Uh, And this is a topic I want, I really am looking forward to talking with Xander about because Xander has an extensive music background. So I wanted him to share that before we get into the conversation. Xander, share with us your music background. So I was a double major in college when I went to Oswego, and my second major was music with a concentration in jazz studies. Mm. Uh, So I went there for three years to finish out my bachelor's, and I've been on the worship team at my church for about 10 years, a little under 10 years now. I play guitar, bass, drums, and keys, whatever they need me to do. Mm, Wonderful. Yeah. So in other words, you're saying you have no experience. I've never heard of music before. (laughs) Yes, no, much more experienced than myself. So, uh, yeah, no, we're glad to have him here with his wisdom and experience talking about this topic. Um, You know, but before we get into it, you know, we're talking about secular music today. And me being uh, a journalist in training uh, from school, I wanted to define the term secular because it's something Xander and I were talking about before. Uh, You know, secular, when, when you look up the definition, it says it's denoting attitudes, activities or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. Um, you know, when you're talking about, I guess, clergy member, you're not subject to or bound by religious rule, not belonging to a living or a monastic order. Um, you know, it's really interesting, too, because when I look at definitions of words, I also like to look at the synonyms. Uh, and some of the synonyms of the word secular, earthly, worldly, those kind of make sense. But Xander, the other words I wanted to look at, too, in our conversation are temporal and profane. And, you know, it's really interesting because in a way that kind of describes what secular is as well. Um, So really, let me just ask you this, Xander, to start off the conversation. You know, secular, non-Christian, those two words in some way are interchangeable. So uh, non-Christian music, there's a lot of young people who may just be coming to know the Lord or young in their relationship with the Lord. And they kind of wonder, like, this music I used to listen to. Is it okay for me to listen to? So, so Xander, what would you say about that? Is non-Christian music, what, what makes it acceptable or not acceptable to listen to? So my short answer is this. Vet it by the Bible. Uh, vet it by how it affects your relationship with God. And if it's, if it's hindering your relationship with God or if it's unbiblical, then don't listen to it. Mm. That's, my, that's, my, that's my take. But my longer answer is... Is that well? We have to we have to start at the very basics. You know, music is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. You know, music didn't just come out of nowhere. You know, yeah. music is a gift from God. And the harmonic sequence is a natural phenomenon. We can't explain it other than creation. Mm. And 
uh, the the problem is that just like anything, any good gift from God, it can be turned into something ungodly. Yes. So, you know, there was even a debate in the early church about should we use music in our worship services? Hmm. Because they thought, like, idea, they knew that ideas had a greater power to be internalized through music than any other medium. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I was a teenager, I, I used to listen to anything and everything, and that wasn't necessarily good. Uh, yeah. I probably would have, uh, if you told me I shouldn't be listening to half the stuff I was listening to, I probably would have sworn at you and said, I can listen to whatever I want. What are you talking about? Yeah, right. But, um, uh, like it, it, it's, it's a lot more complicated even from when I was a teenager. Um, I, I don't think I'm saying anything new when yeah. I say that there's been a more ungodly trend in secular music. I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't think I'm saying anything new or revolutionary. Yeah, no, that, say these that, things. that sounds, that makes, that makes total sense, you yeah. know, especially because, you know, we, we've all had that rebellious teenage phase where like anything we do, we feel is right and justified oh, yeah. despite the consequences. <laughs> and that goes with music too. But, you know, even as we are Christians too, we need to have this type of circumspection in terms of what kind of music we're listening to, whether it's Christian music or secular music. Um, but so, Xander, just another question along this line. Uh, what is more important to you as a musician who listens to music and consumes music regularly? What's more important to you for young adults and young people to take into account with the music? Is it the lyrics? Is it the style? Ma- even the background of the artist? Like, what, what are your thoughts oh, on that? Oh, lyrics 100%. Uh, when you get into the background of the artist, you get into some murky territory because everyone's a sinner. Yes. Everyone's a sinner. So if you look into somebody deep enough, you're going to find something you don't like. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in terms of lyrics are probably the most important thing to take into account 100% uh, yeah. because uh, one of our coworkers, Sonia Hines, actually made a really great point. She uh, she asked me one time, she said, when was the last time you ever actively memorized a song? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember but I have all of these songs memorized. Like just a, just a couple weeks ago, I was driving down the road. I was flipping through the stations and I found a song that I used to love when I was a teenager on one of the yeah. radio stations. And I turned it up and I, rem- I haven't listened to that song in about seven years. Mm. And I remembered all the words. Right. So it, it was just a really odd moment because I'm like, huh, how do, how do I remember that? And you don't actively set out to memorize your favorite song. You it's probably just, weren't even thinking yeah, about no, it. Yeah, no, exactly. It, it just kind of happens, you know. So it's a, it, it's a very interesting, uh, a very interesting thing, very, a very sobering thought. So I do, I do think lyrics are probably and Biblically speaking, lyrics are probably the thing you should take most into account. Right, absolutely. And kind of going back to your earlier point, putting the scripture to lyrics. And part of the reason for that, right, would be to memorize the lyrics, to have them just be, you know, something that are, we're just meditating on it more through song. And, and so that can be the good part of music. And also the bad part of music is if you have good content within the lyrics themselves, lyrically, then and in your, you're, you're remem- memorizing that and just constantly hearing it, then that's good. But also the same can be said with bad, where if you're listening to bad stuff in the lyrics and it's you're constantly... I guess meditating on it or you know inundating yourself with it that that could also be bad. So I agree. Lyrics are very important, especially too cuz I think uh style can sometimes overlook lyrics. You know, there may be a style of music that somebody's not too much of a fan of, you know, whether it's, you know, perceived with a, a bad 
you know, bad style. I don't know. Like, like people have tastes, you know, maybe some people don't like rock music and they think, oh, just because of the style of rock, all the lyrics are bad. When actually, as a matter of fact, there are some rock songs with pretty decent lyrics we're going to take a look at in a little bit. Yeah. And I think that was our, that was the previous generation's problem. And well, two previous, if you're going to be technically mm-hmm. about that, but like the eighties and the nineties, that was the big thing was just all secular music by virtue of it being secular was a no go. Yes. Like it was just like in the church. It was like, if you ever listen to anything secular you know you need to repent and Mm. i i I think that's wrong i I think that's not a good stance to take because what it does is it puts a bondage where scripture doesn't put a bind and doesn't put any bondage and what it does is it actually makes your christian walk a little more simplistic and a little too easy Mm. because it makes it a checklist where it's like there I don't listen to secular music. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, where sometimes we we just need to really think about these things. Because again, like I mentioned before, there are probably people who have come to the faith and then they wonder, like, is it completely wrong for me to listen to this? Like, am I able to listen to it? So now we're going to look at some examples of some lyrics from some songs that would be considered secular songs. Now, I have some examples that are not so good in terms of the lyrical content and also some examples which actually aren't as bad as, you know, they seem in terms of the the music style. Um, you know, as we are thinking of young adults and, you know, in pop culture, in the secular world, who, who are the biggest artists or what are the biggest songs? Um, you know, we're having this conversation about football. I immediately think of Taylor Swift, uh, who's one of the biggest artists of our time. She's the best Kansas City Chiefs player. Right. <laughs> Right, yeah. Anybody's ever seen. Yeah, you ask somebody, who's the best player in Kansas City? It, oh, it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. What do you mean? It's ta- no, she doesn't play football, but but exactly. That's what do you how, mean? What yeah. do you mean she doesn't play football? <laughs> right, exactly. So, um, you know, and she's got a lot of popular songs out right now, but when I looked at what the most currently played song is on Spotify... Uh, it's actually a song from seven years ago, believe it or not, which you know, you wouldn't think because it's seven years old. But the song itself, when I looked up the, uh, what it was and saw some lyrics and then the title itself, it made me start to kind of raise some questions. The song is called I Don't Want to Live Forever. It's with her and Zane. It's part of a soundtrack to a movie called Fifty Shades Darker. It's from the series of movies for Fifty Shades of Grey, I think, uh, however there are many there are. And it's just a movie that I guess would kind of push a more worldly message. It's a message that necessarily Christians, I wouldn't necessarily subscribe to the message that that movie's pushing. Um, But anyways, just looking at some of the lyrics, I just wanted to uh, just take a look at them. In the first verse here, uh, I think Zane is the one uh, reciting the lyrics here. He says, been sitting eyes wide open behind these four walls, hoping you'd call. It's just a cruel existence, like there's no point hoping at all. And then later down in the chorus, it says, I don't want to live forever because I know I'll be living in vain. Um, and there's more examples throughout this song, but I'll just stop there for a second because it, it just, as Christians, we want to live forever. And so if any of, if there's any Christians listening to this song and you hear this in the chorus, I don't want to live forever because I know I'll be living in vain. If we're in sin, yes, but being called out of our sin, we of course want to live forever and we don't want to live in that vanity anymore. So I'd be very careful listening to this song um, in terms of that. 
the one last line of this song I would just um, quickly mention is something that Taylor actually says. And uh, she says here, I've been looking sad in all the nicest places. Give me something. Oh, but you say nothing. Now I'm in a cab. I tell him where your place is. What is happening to me? And what I would say about this is like just kind of quickly going back to what this movie's about. It's essentially a girl who keeps running back to the bad boy who is not good for her because of the excitement and the allure of his lifestyle, even though it's causing her distress and depression and other just feelings of, I guess, hopelessness. Uh, but she keeps running back. And these that's what these lyrics are uh, connotating. And when we think of that in a bigger picture with Christians in our walk, you know, when we're freed from sin, it's a great feeling. But sometimes Satan tries to lure us back and make our Christian walk seem not as exciting um, and so when I look at these lyrics, that's, that's what I was thinking at the time is like, we just have to be careful, not letting Satan try to trick us with the allure, um, of sin. Cause in our flesh, sin can be alluring, but in the spirit, it's something we should rebuke. So before I move on to some other examples, uh, Xander, any thoughts on that? I'm just gonna, you know, just put this up for debate here. I actually prefer that to a lot of uh, the message of some secular songs, because like you, you mentioned this, you touched on this, but like the idea of, I, I don't want to live forever because I know I'll be living in vain. And they describe this situation in which they're living in sin. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually, you know, I, I think it's, it's a correct message, but it's an incomplete message. Mm. And why I say it's correct is because I'm convicted scripturally that, if you don't have Jesus, you don't want to live forever. Mm. Like you don't want to know what that looks like. Right. Living forever without Jesus. Mm. That's, that's the picture I get from scripture and where it gets incomplete is when it's just like, you know, it ends there and doesn't talk about the hope of the gospel. I prefer that actually to a song that's uh, on the radio pretty frequently. Uh, It's by a guy named Morgan Wallen. It's called Mm. last night. And basically the entire message of that song is like, you know, we broke up, but you know, we were drunk and you're going to come back again because this, we do this all the time. We're just very codependent with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tread a little lightly because I've got friends that listen to this program and they're going to be very mad at me <laughs> for calling this guy out. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you know, you know, what we're called to do is to look at these things and especially just measure it against our own walk because, you know, we're all growing here. Uh, as young adults in this program. And and Xander and I are even growing as we're discussing these things. So, you know, it's always good to look at these examples and see how we can grow from them. But I wanted to just quickly look at another song here really quick. It's actually from the examples of songs that I would deem not as bad. Like I have another song here with some lyrics. Again, I think these lyrics that will eventually, we'll get to them in a second. These lyrics to another song I thought were even worse than the Taylor Swift song. But these lyrics I don't think are so bad in terms of they they paint almost a a positive message or at least a realistic message. Um, Xander, when you had mentioned, you know, living a life outside of Christ, you know, you you don't want to live forever. You don't want to know what that feels like outside of Christ. This song here, actually, it's by a band named Creed, for those listening. Maybe you've heard of them before. Can you take me <laughs> higher? <laughs> okay, well, it looks like Xander knows who Creed is. So, And if you know who Creed is, you may recognize that song. But I actually, I stumbled across this music. My dad used to listen to this years ago as a young believer. And we were just looking at these songs uh, just to kind of reminisce a little 
little bit. And actually looking at some of the lyrics, it's really neat seeing the messages that they were uh, sending in their lyrics. You wouldn't think of it because they're a rock group. But let me just read you these lyrics. It's from a song called My Own Prison. So Xander, I want to hear your thoughts after, especially when I read these. So the first verse goes, a court is in session, a verdict is in, no appeal on the docket today, just my own sin. Their walls are cold and pale, the cage made of steel. Screams fill the room, alone I drop and kneel. Silence now the sound, my breath the only motion around. Demons cluttering around, my face showing no emotion. Shackled by my sentence, expecting no return. Here there is no penance, my skin begins to burn. So that that kind of is like painting this picture that you're talking about of like a life outside of Christ is something I don't want to know the end consequence of. That's actually what I think this is describing when I hear it real quick. I think this is this isn't, you know, the life currently that we have here. I think this is someone who who has died in their sin. Right, exactly. And at least this is the feeling too of of sin. It creates this prison and obviously the prison gets eternally worse once we do die, but you know, some people are experiencing the effects of that here, you know, and I, that in songs like this one, uh I don't want to live forever. You know, I, it it almost kind of creates that feeling. So um, as a Christian, we don't want to dwell on that feeling. And uh, as you said before, it's an incomplete picture, which uh, I feel like some of these songs do sometimes. They don't paint a complete picture and leave us with these negative feelings where in music we want to feel uplifted and positive. And I want to look at the other example of a song that I have because, again, this song, (laughs) when I looked it up, I wanted to look up another example other than the Taylor Swift one just to have multiple reference points. And I just did a quick Google search. Anybody can do it. Billboard 100, top 100 songs. And this song, as of right now, was the number one song. And it's actually by uh, an artist named Doja Cat. Oh, dear. <laughs> right. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, dear, Teddy. <laughs> yeah, so Xander, uh, <laughs> you know, us young adults, we've heard of Doja Cat before. We know that um, some of her music is, you know, by the Christian standard, not super righteous. And this song is uh, kind of the great example of that. Um, but let me just tell you what the song is called for those of you who don't know her. Her top song right now, it's actually called Paint the Town Red, which, I mean, you can kind of do your own, make up your own mind as to what that means. Um, but some of the lyrics I actually had to cross off words and replace them with other words because of the profanity. But here in the chorus, she says, Girl, I said what I said. I'd rather be famous instead. I let all that get to my head. I don't care. I paint the town red. And then the post, I guess I call it post chorus. She says this. She goes, mm, she the devil. She a bad little girl. She a rebel. She put her foot to the pedal. It'll take a whole lot for me to settle. Um, you know, what are your thoughts, Xander? But quickly, I would just say this to me is painting a very anti-godly message. What are your thoughts? I, I think it is. I, I also think it's a... Uh it's it's tongue in cheek without knowing exactly what you're being you know flippant about i think that's a i think that's a big thing in our culture is mm-hmm. like you're flipping about things that you know absolutely nothing about mm-hmm. so i don't necessarily look at that and just say well 
she made her bed. Now let now let's let her lie in it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I look at that and I'm like, you have absolutely no idea what you're saying, and that's really sad. Right, exactly. There is an element of ignorance here. Um, but the other thing too to to point out too is I actually saw the music video or at least clips of this music video, Paint the Town Red, and actually there are some pretty, for lack of a better way of saying it, really. There's demonic images in there and just dark imagery in there. And, you know, with the context of this song, there is an element of her not knowing what she's saying. But there also is this element of her kind of giving into those things as well. So, you know, lyrics, as you said, is one thing. It's important. They also sometimes don't paint the whole picture. So as we look at a song, we look at an artist, there's other things that we need to take into account. Like maybe if there's a music video to the song, does the what does the music video show? And in this case, the music video, it, it kind of shows some pretty disturbing imagery, almost giving shots of her looking like a demon in some cases. Um, you know, so what are your thoughts on that, too? Because, you know, I've heard of um, certain things happening at performances, too. Like, you know, Taylor Swift has had some weird stuff happen at performances. You also maybe have heard of the Travis Scott debacle with oh, some yeah. of his Astroworld stuff. So w- what are your thoughts there about just taking it all in as a whole, the artist, the lyrics and everything? Like I said before, if you look deep enough into any artist, you're going to find stuff you don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of the demonic imagery in a video, I- I'm, I think you can include what you would think of as demonic imagery in a video and not know at all what you're doing. I think you can say you're just trying to get a reaction. I think that's that's pretty much what's happening. She's trying to get a reaction. Mm-hmm. But I, I think because the devil's a liar, right? We know right. that, right? So I think um I think when we when we look at something like that, I, I just think of someone living a lie mm-hmm. and they and they don't know it. Like and the thing you're talking about with like Taylor Swift with the the uh the amnesia episodes or something like that. Yeah. I think of that actually as like just classic overstimulation mm. where it's like you know you paid you know you you sold your firstborn to get a ticket essentially for for right. this show and you're already hyped for the show and then you're in a stadium with about thousands of other people who like you know did the same thing you did to get into the show and you're already excited and then she comes down there's flashing lights and there's loud music and stuff mm. like that so i think basically that's just overstimulation i think it's just textbook your body doing something right right and it's definitely something to be careful of um you know it could just be a freak thing that's happening um but again i think there are multiple people uh in multiple places talking about it happening at multiple different events but what i would like to do too is you know just look at some scriptures about this um because you know when we think about what music we're listening to uh, right now we're talking about secular music. This also goes for Christian music as well. Um, you know, there are things that we, we do need to take into account, especially just music that I guess is celebrated by the world. Um, you know, one thing I would say uh, here in James chapter 4, uh, verse 4, it's uh, talking about, it's James really telling us uh, here, ye adulterers and adulteresses, do you know not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is enmity with God, right? So that's important. We want to make sure that in 
whatever we're doing, whether it's listening to music or watching sports like football, as we discussed before, you know, we want to make sure we're not growing too close of friends with the world. So, you know, if you want to listen to these artists, you know, by all means, that's that's your decision to make. As Xander said, you know, it's really um, if you feel like it's sinning against the Lord, like is the Holy Spirit pressing on your heart? I would say, you know, with the scripture in mind, always let that do the speaking for you and, and measure that uh, when you pray. You know, is this drawing me closer to friendship with the world? Do um, you have any examples of scripture, too, you wanted to look at? Yes, I was going to read uh, multiple scriptures from one chapter. This is uh, from Romans chapter 14. So for, for context, a big issue in the first century church was, can we eat meat? Mm. That was a big issue because it was nearly impossible to find meat that was sold that wasn't sacrificed to an idol. There were economic reasons. Mm. There were superstitious reasons because the pagans actually believed that if you didn't bless this meat to an idol, demons were going to come and jump on the meat and you would ingest a demon Mm. from eating food that wasn't blessed. So it was impossible. So there was a big controversy. Some people thought, you know, you know, God created this meat, you know, so we can eat it. Other people were like, no, you can't eat it. This was sacrificed in an idol's temple. So this is what Paul said. And I'm going to jump around this chapter here. Okay. So starting at first one, he said, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Mm. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. Jumping to verse 7, he says, For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And then verse 13, he says, therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. Mm. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. Mm. So I think it's very easy for some of us to either look at a person who's listening to music that we would deem a little ungodly personally and be like, yo, why are you listening to this? Like, mm-hmm. don't you know, don't you know this is sinful for you? And it's, right. it's just as easy for others of us to say, yo, you need to get out of your legalistic bubble and you need to listen to things because, you know, you, don't you know you're free in Christ to listen to listen to these things. So I think mm-hmm. this is an issue where again, you know, it's your conviction, it is your it is your walk with the Lord. If it's hindering your walk with the Lord to listen to this, look at the look at the fruit it produces in your life. Yes. When you listen to something. Mm-hmm. Like if it is if you find yourself drifting away from the Lord, if you find yourself like neglecting, you know, your disciplines and like scriptures for this, not necessarily just in general, because that might not be the cause, but just right. if you're neglecting it in favor of an, it doesn't even have to be secular music. It can be sports. It can be, right. you know, games. It can be like, like anything, anything. If it's, if you're neglecting the Lord in favor of that, then it's sinful. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it, it kind of comes back full circle with what we're talking about. 
just in general here the fact that you know the music itself like what what is the fruit being produced in somebody's life with anything you know based on what you're watching what you're hearing like that's the thing if if you're listening to certain things and but but the you're pro- still producing good fruit like it's not affecting how you act and how you walk with the lord then then okay you know that's great but to your point it's definitely about you know just measuring those things against our walk right where you know if you're listening to something is it affecting your walk is it is it causing you to sin you know uh, uh, that's uh, script section of scripture that you just referenced you know uh let not these things be a stumbling block i think that's really the question that comes out of it is uh is certain secular music you're listening to is it becoming a stumbling block in your life or is it becoming a stumbling block in somebody else's life and if it's not then you know you have the liberty in christ at your leisure to do that um but again you should definitely be aware of that and constantly you know going to God with that. You know, I think of another scripture here in Romans chapter 12, which is just shortly before what you mentioned. You know, we're called in chapter, or excuse me, in chapter 12, verse 2, we're called to not be conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Um, that's important too. You know, there are some songs here, like uh, other other songs, for example, like um, this one. I have a couple of Creed examples because I was listening to them recently, and, and I was just kind of surprised because, as I had mentioned before, they're a rock group, and some people with that style of music may not think that the lyrics themselves are very wholesome. Um, but and, and even Creed, they have you know they're not perfect either. They're sinners just like everybody else. But I just think for what was considered secular music, their their lyrics are pretty interesting. Um, and uh, and honestly, like in these lyrics, when I think about them, they're not they're in a way kind of renewing your mind. Even a non-believer listening to them, you know, I'll just read some of these lyrics really quick. It's from a song, "Are You Ready?" that Creed did. Uh, maybe you know that one, Xander, but... I don't. No? Okay. Well, the the lyrics go... Um, the first two verses I'll read, they're really quick. Hey, Mr. Seeker, hold on to this advice. If you keep seeking, you will find. Don't want to follow. Down roads been walked before. It's so hard to find unopened doors. Uh, and then the second verse goes, Hey, Mr. Hero, walking a thin, fine line under the microscope of life. Remember your roots, my friend. They're right down below because heroes come and heroes go. You know, these lyrics are definitely interesting to think about. Um, if you're like a young Christian listening to these lyrics, my personal opinion is that these lyrics are not necessarily going to um, cause you to stumble, right? These lyrics aren't necessarily going to produce fruit that is sinful, um, some of the other lyrics, like the Doja Cat we looked at, I, my opinion is I do think if you were constantly listening to that song, it's going to be a stumbling block. But there may be other songs uh, by other artists that aren't necessarily that way, and they're secular songs. So, you know, to that point, it's just really important to see, you know, again, what the message overall is pushing, what the artists themselves are promoting, um, and just measuring that against scripture and against our walk. Um, I'm also going to end with uh, with this. I'm going to leave off with uh, with this. And, and I'm saying this not from a place of having perfected this. I'm mm-hmm. saying this from a place of something I need to work on. Okay. Don't just use Christian liberty 
as an excuse to not be different. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, let me see if I can explain that a little bit more. Don't say, oh, I have the liberty to listen to secular music just because you're afraid of looking a little weird. Mm. Because uh, vet it by scripture, vet it by your walk with the Lord. Because here's another scripture. This is from 1 John. This is from 1 John chapter 2. Mm. Uh, I'm going to read verses 15 through 17. Perfect. He says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Mm. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Mm -hmm. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Mm -hmm. So when, when it says do not love the world, it doesn't mean, you know, don't have things, don't have secular friends, don't listen to secular music, you know, like that's a, you know, that's, that's a kind of an over, overreach of that. But what it's saying is where is your inclination? Mm -hmm. Is your heart towards God or is your heart towards the culture? Is your heart towards your friends primarily? Is your Mm -hmm. heart towards, you know, a, a certain image? It doesn't matter what the image is. Right. Is your heart towards a certain image rather than God? So if you if your heart is for temporal things, I think it's a time to really sit back and look at yourself. Yes, amen. And actually, I had those scriptures referenced here as well. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I want to bounce back to James chapter four for a second because there are a couple of scriptures here where it's talking about you know what's our life? It's just a vapor. It comes for a time, it vanishes away. You know, we and when we are alive, we we say we want to do this. We want to live this way. Do this. Do that. We rejoice in our boastings, as it says in verse 16 at times. And what does God say about that through James? He says, all such rejoicing is evil. And sometimes I feel like secular music, quote unquote, as a whole, that the world pushes does that. But not all secular music does that. So that's the job as a believer to really weigh that out to measure that out is there stuff that oh okay it's maybe not that bad it's not causing a stumbling block it's not resulting uh bad fruit in my life right um or is it you know is it something that is going to lead me down a sinful path i think that's something as christians we all need to look at when it comes to the kind of music we listen to some of the examples we've pointed out today you may you may agree with us you may not but you know these are things that Uh, we look at as we grow together. So uh, if you guys maybe have your own thoughts about certain songs, certain artists, secular music that you see out there, why don't you let us know about it? We're actually going to have a form available on our website for when this episode comes out. Uh, It will be on, again, our Mars Hill Alternate Zone webpage. That's marshillnetwork.org slash M-H-A-X. I'll say it one more time. It's marshillnetwork.org slash M-H-A-X. We'll have a form up there where you can leave your comments about uh, this topic and maybe give us some insight that we can bring to another conversation as we talk about this. But as we get going, I just want to let you guys know that also we'll be continuing this conversation next time. We're actually going to be looking at some Christian music and also having a conversation with somebody who may be familiar to you guys. He is our music director here at Mars Hill, Mark Spencer. We look forward to that conversation with him next time. I'm Max Impact. Before we get going, Xander, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners? No, man. I think you covered it all. I think we, I think, um, you know, it's just the same thing. I've said it, uh, I don't know how many times, but (laughs) again, 
if you vetted it by scripture and your walk with the Lord isn't affected, you're free to do it. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, you know, there's probably much more we can talk about and get into on this topic, and we look to do that another time. But again, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Max Impact. Our next episode, we're actually going to look more into Christian music and how young people should look at Christian music and how that affects our lives, and even just choosing the right Christian music to listen to. We'll have another guest in the studio with us for that conversation. It'll be Marcel Network Music Director. Director Mark Spencer. We look very forward to that conversation. But until next time, Xander Deacons and Teddy Caputo joining you here at the Marshall Network Studio. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Max Impact, where we look to make a maximum impact for the kingdom of God. God bless you all.